It's so great. Uh, this week, uh, we were with my wife at PSR all week working with the kids, more than 300 kids, I believe it is, the biggest group they have during this summer. And we have seen how the Lord works, how the Lord works. Uh, yesterday, we made a call to all the kids, and we have almost 200, I think, going up front, uh, trying to get Bible studies, trying to make decisions for Christ. And that's only the Holy Spirit working, and that's God working. That's awesome. So we saw these kids coming, and then at the end, many of them asked to talk to me and my wife and pray. And it's hard. It's really, it breaks my heart to see kids between 12, 12 to 15 years old going through things that I don't even, I can't even imagine myself going when I was young. Talking about parents who they are doing drugs and they are watching and they are asking for the pastor to pray for that parent. Knowing that kids are going through some, to some mother who is doing overdose because she want to kill herself because she doesn't want to know anything about life. And they are asking for God to intervene. And I want to tell you, they have faith. They do have faith. They believe in that God. So when I see these kids and I compare the problems that us as adults or church we go through, that's nothing. These kids need God. They really need God. God is good. Let's open our Bibles in Hebrews chapter 10. Sorry, chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. And the title for the sermon today, as you know, is, Who are you pleasing? Who are you pleasing? Let me just open this because I want some light. Who are you pleasing? Chapter 11. And we are going to talk about faith. And it's not a girl. It's not a lady. It's not a woman. Faith is something that you and I as Christians, we need to have. And the question is, who are you pleasing? Because when you read Chapter 11, verse 6, as I read it right now, verse 6 of, Hebrew, of chapter 11 of Hebrews, I'm going to read. It says like this, and without faith, it is impossible to please God. And I'm going to stop right there. It is impossible to please God. I don't know who are you trying to please in your life. You know, you are at work and you probably try to please your boss. Hey, you know, he pressures you so much. Are you trying to please him? Are you trying to maybe please your wife because, you know, you're such a lousy husband or you think you're a lousy husband and she's kind of like, say something nice to me or do this and you try to please her. Or maybe you as a wife, you're trying to please your husband because he's so strict, so rough sometimes that you think you need to do something so that way he can be happy about it. Who are you trying to please when you are driving maybe on the highway, on the freeway, on the streets? Are you trying to please sometimes your stomach because you are really hungry and you think of good enchiladas with lots of cheese on top and beans and rice? And I know it's 12 o'clock and I know you like to go home. That's why you're kind of like, Pastor, don't talk about that. Well, I'm kind of smelled enchiladas, don't you? Like, smells all the way here. Fresh cheese. Okay. Who are you trying to please is my question. Are you trying to please the pastor? Are you trying to please the church? Are you trying to preach to, to, to please maybe a new pastor or a new person who just introduced you to the gospel and you trying to please him? The Bible and the Bible verse that we were reading a few minutes ago mentions that no one, 
No one can please God according to this without faith. It's only one person that you and I have to please, and that's God. If you have problems, you go to God. If you have questions, you go to God. If you have problems in your house, if you have problems in your marriage, you go to God. The problem is that we go to anybody else and we have faith in those people. Now, what I'm trying to say, I don't want you to misunderstand me either. I'm not trying to say it's not good to go to the doctors or to the counselors, not. But as Christians, we know that one person, one God, is the only one who leads our lives. And it's impossible, says the Bible, it's impossible to please God without faith. Now, that comes more real to me if I believe I am a Christian. Because as Christians, we try to please God in many ways. Are you faithful with your tithes? <laughs> Pastor, I'm going to give extra tithe this week or this month. I'm going to give two tithes. You know that there is not such a thing in the Bible that says you have to give two tithes. And sometimes because we try to please God, we think like giving him more, he is going to be happy about it. The Bible only shows one tithe, by the way. Only one, 10%. You want to give more, you give it as offering. That's what you have to do. Don't give two tithes. I hear these people saying, I'm going to give three tithes, Pastor. And if I give more, the Lord is going to give me more. That's not the way it works. You cannot please God giving more tithes. You cannot please God studying your Bible 24 hours a day. How many of you guys do that? I don't do that. Don't worry. But I know some people that they go around saying, I studied the Bible this, I mean, this much time. I studied the Bible five hours, three hours, six hours. I'm there all the time. Thinking that studying the Bible, you're going to please God. You see... Pleasing God is not about the things that you and I are going to be doing every day. Pleasing God is about faith. And faith comes through relationship with him. Now, let me ask you. How many of you are married here right now? Raise your hand, those couples. I want to see those couples. Look, It's a lot of them, a lot of visitors. Let's pick one of the visitors. Why not? So they may feel good. Oh, she, she raised her hand again. That's it. No, you, you, you both are young. Uh, just, just married? One year? Eight months ago. Come on. Eight months ago. Believe me, it's beautiful, isn't it, to be married? Oh, everything is flowers and butterflies and all of it. Isn't that beautiful? Every time I see my wife, something happened after 20 years. And it's not that I'm hungry. Just something happened. It feels good. I call her all the time, and she calls me all the time. And I know some people here in the church, I'm not going to mention names, that every time she calls me, and I'm here during, you know, during a meeting, she calls me and she said, I love you. And I kind of said, hey, guys, she loves me. And they look at me like, that's it? What's the big deal about that? It's a big deal. It's a big deal. You know, do you think, and this is hard, do you think when he leaves this place and maybe you go to some other place and he goes to some other place, he's going to be faithful, as we call it, to you? You trust him, huh? What about you, brother? Do you trust her? So when she goes away, let's say, to Cancun and she's not inviting you. Everybody starts laughing. Why do you laugh? Cancun is a beautiful place, isn't it? 
So she goes to Cancun and says, Sir, honey, I'm going to Cancun. You think she's going to be faithful? That's nice. That's beautiful. That's what faith, that's what trust is all about. The Bible is talking about faith. And if we are going to talk about faith, we are going to read verse number one in the same chapter. Now, faith is being sure of what we hope for. That's practical. It's nothing special. Just faith is about, uh, you know, knowing that something you hope for is going to happen. Do you hope that Jesus Christ is going to come soon? You have faith. Do you hope that he is going to change your, uh, let's put it this way, your kids' life, your sons' and daughters' life? That's what is faith all about. But faith is not only that. The same verse keeps saying, okay, this word is real. I was practicing and maybe some uncertain. Close enough? Thank you. Of what we do. What we do not see. So that means that faith is not only being hopeful and knowing that something that you hope is going to happen, but it's also knowing that whatever you cannot see is real. Do you think God is real? The problem that we have is that we call ourselves to have faith, to be faithful disciples, faithful followers of Christ, but we are still don't realize God is real. Because when the moment comes, we struggle knowing that God can still do a miracle. And faith is necessary for that. I don't know how is your health today. And I know some of you, brothers and sisters, are going through some problems with your health. And the only thing I can tell you today, according to this verse, you need to have faith that God can do something, and is going to do something with your health. It's time to start thinking as God being real. It's time to start thinking that God wants to do something with you, but for that, you need help. I'm sorry, you need faith. Let's go to verse number six again. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists. And that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. It's not only about believing in him. But it's also looking for him all the time. How many times do you look for him? When you are driving, is he driving with you? Is he there next to you? When you are in front of a mirror, looking yourself, trying to just have the the line right in the middle, and mine is really crooked sometimes, I can't get it. Is God right there, and you are asking him, hey, God, today is a new day. I'm going to need your help. Do you talk to him as a real friend who is alive, who is next to you, and who is willing to help you all the time? Do you believe? God is real. I'm going to read this verse again. Verse 6. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists. That's, the, that's one part or one part of you, or what you have to believe. And if it is about existence, let's go to, to verse number three. 
which said in the same chapter, By faith we understand that the universe was formed of at God's command, so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. By faith, you have to believe that this planet, this earth, was created and the whole universe was created by him. Sometimes we struggle to try to prove to everyone else, to try to make sure that we are right and they are wrong, to try to prove to everyone else that God is the one that created planet earth and the whole universe. And it's nothing wrong to some point we can say trying to prove that. But more than that, according to this Bible verse, more than that, it's about faith. Believing that out of nothing, he can do something like us. And I say something like us because we were created by him. You know, I don't know how, how, how do you see yourself, but I don't want to talk about me, but let's talk about you guys. Let's talk a little bit about you. Do you, God, do you, do you think God thinks that you are precious? Only a few of you said, the other ones, what? Do you think that you are beautiful before the eyes of God? Do you think that you are awesome, that he is really impressed with you? Do you think that? How come you guys are so quiet? You know what? And it's very interesting. Because when I know that I have a creator like God, like God, who never makes a mistake who never does anything just slappy like that, or let's just paint it this way, who never just said, Dante, oh, I'm going to create Dante. Let's see. Oh, let's put some brown in there. Oh, it looks good, brown. I like it. He looks Hispanic. Let's put some hair and then gray hair. Yeah, gray hair there. Oh, yeah, he looks good. Let's put a, a, a funny, heavy accent. There it is. <laughs> That's good. God never does that. He never does that. That's why when somebody said to me, you know, you speak funny, praise the Lord. <laughs> you know, you look funny, you act like a clown, praise the Lord. That's the way he made me. But we have a problem. We usually believe less about us than what God believes about us. And that's a huge problem. Because if you know and you believe that God is the creator and you know that God is perfect and you know that whatever God does all the time, 100% is perfect and is good, then you are good before his eyes. It doesn't matter what anybody else said, you are special before his eyes. You are beautiful before his eyes. You are the only one. At this moment that I can even say that loves so much that he sent Jesus Christ to die for you. You are special. I don't know if I mentioned this before. I don't even remember if I mentioned many of the stories sometimes. I, I, I don't keep track of that. But I remember that when I, when, when I was younger, I still young, but when I was younger, I remember going to this church and before I met my wife, I was crazy. Very much maybe like now. A little bit hyper with no sugar. It's very interesting. No sugar, but hyper. Like, can you imagine with sugar or something like that? Really hyper. And I remember that when I said I have a, 
a girlfriend. Everybody got so happy and excited. You have a girlfriend? Yes, I do have a Oh, man. And, who, and then they met, you know, Patty, and, and you know her. Come on. By now you know the big difference between her and me. I talk too much. She's really quiet. Okay? I laugh too much. She's really calm. You know? I'm really loud. She's really soft. I mean, everything is just different. But that's the beauty of that. But I remember that, you know, they saw her and said, like, and they came to me and said, I hope that you are going to change now. You have someone who is, come on, is going to put you in order, you know, can, you're going to be kind of like, okay. And I remember getting married and saying, I'm going to marry this, this, this beautiful girl. You're going to marry her. I hope you change now. You're going to be married. That's a serious thing, serious thing for you to do. And then after that, I remember saying, I'm going to have my first kid, Daniel. Yes, I was so happy. I can do it. Yes. And then when they come to me, you are going to be a father. Yes, I'm going to be a father. I hope you change. <laughs> I hope you get to be different because you are going to be a father. That's a serious thing. And then when I mentioned, I'm going to Montemorelos to be a pastor. Everybody, <gasps> I hope you change. Because you are going to be a pastor. Because we all think that someone else has to change something to please me so I can feel comfortable with that. I think that you have to change something that I don't like it. You have to change so that way I can be happy. But then when you change that, somebody else is going to come and say, no, that was too much. And we are not happy with ourselves. And the only one you need to please, and until now, I don't remember changing one bit, but only God is the one who changed my life. I don't remember. The only one you have to please is God. God is the one that you have to please by faith. And faith is the one that is going to help you move forward in your life. When everybody else is talking about you, you are going to know that God is pleased with you. When you make a mistake, you are going to know that God is pleased with you even that you make a mistake because you have faith in the only one whose name is God. And that's what it counts in many ways. And the Bible said, if I keep reading the same verse, he is the creator. Let me read it. Let me find it. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. That's something that happens every day. And if you read with me the verses before, verse number four, says like this. By faith, Abel offered God a better sacrifice that Cain did. By faith, he was commended as a righteous man when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith, he still speaks even that he is dead. And if you remember the story in Genesis, you have this situation. You have Cain being born, then Abel being born. Cain working with the, in, in the soil, just bringing some good vegetables, really good papayas, good mangoes, whatever you want to have. And you have Abel just, you know. Doing, I mean, working with the who? With, with the what? The little animals. Meh. 
working with it. I mean, and then both of them, they were kind of just making the, 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 you know, having good stuff. I mean, come on, who, who, who really doesn't like vegetables or doesn't like fruit? Well, vegetables, okay, okay, fruits at least. I don't like vegetables that much either. It's okay. So then both of them realized that we have to bring something to the Lord according to the Bible. And they both bring, he brings the best thing from his, you know, from the soil, from the things he was uh, doing. And then he brings the best thing from the firstborns of the sheep. And both of them came before the presence of God. And God was pleased with only one of them. As you know the story, Cain got really mad to the point that he killed his brother. And everyone, we all try to struggle all the time. Said, Why did God, you know, select only one. Why? Why? How come is that God comes, I mean, they both were, you know, nice guys. Maybe they both brought the best thing of their lives. Come on. But there is a difference. Faith, according to this story. Because faith had to do with relationship. Whatever you bring before the presence of God doesn't mean anything if you don't have faith. Whatever you do for God doesn't mean anything if you and I don't have faith. So yes, we have Cain coming with the best thing. And God was pleased with Abel because he did have faith. And we could say the same thing in church for anything. You can be complaining about somebody else. And maybe that person has more faith than you. And be careful. God can be pleased with that person. And we can say the same thing about worship. You can say, you know what, the music is wrong and this thing is right. Be careful because God can be pleased maybe with one of them because that person has faith. Faith is the only thing that is going to get you connected to God. The only thing that is going to change your life. The only thing that is going to help you see your brother as equal. God wants you to have faith. Faith when you worship. And maybe that's a question for you. And me. When you come to church, do you come with faith or faith stays outside in the street? Because if faith stays outside in the street, I want to be having worship outside. Everything is outside. All that faith. How many brothers we have here? The maximum capacity is 256, I think. If I read that sign, kind of like really old now. 56. And we have maybe, what, 150 here? Can you imagine how much faith is outside? Doesn't matter if it's small. I want to be outside. Where is your faith? Are you coming before the presence of God with faith based on a relationship that you had during the week? Faith is important. When you worship God, the same way as Cain and Abel. But then the Bible, as we keep reading here, verse number 5 says like this. By faith Enoch was taken from this life so that he not experienced death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. Now, I want you to be Enoch. In Spanish, it's Enoch. Mr. E. I want you to be him. I want you to think about Enoch. Because the Bible doesn't speak that much about Enoch other than Genesis. Just like three or four verses. That's it. That he lived these many years. He had these many kids. And then one day, pop. Just like that. Pop. 
disappear. And the Bible is very interesting because if I read that, that, that verse again, it says uh, he did not experience death. He could not be found. Everybody was looking for Enoch. It's like Susan being here and one day, where's Susan? Hey, do you know where Susan? I don't know. I think he was home doing something with a bulletin. Hey, do you know where's your mom? No, I don't know. Hey, hey, Kurt, do you know where Susan? Pastor, what are you talking to me? I don't know. Hello, Susan, where's Susan? Do you know where Susan? Let's call 911. Let's call the police. She has disappeared. She's not here. Susan has been taken by God. That's just like Enoch. Disappear. Because he was living every day with God. He was having his presence in I mean every day with her and her life. She, I mean, she probably if we if we said, well, let's talk about Enoch. If Enoch, Enoch was walking in, in the middle of, of the streets, whatever streets you know were in those days, he was probably just singing to God all the time. Maybe if he was just walking one day and then he had to choose uh, between a meal or working really hard for somebody, he probably stopped saying, so, God, that meal looks really good. Yes, I like that fettuccine Alfredo, but I have to help this person too. And I know she needs help. Is my fettuccine Alfredo or this person? Okay, God, thank you. I'm going to go this way. He was probably driving a camel that day, you know, and the highways over there. And then in the middle of the highway, or what? Well, that wasn't high. They didn't have highways, you know. In the middle of the desert with his camel right there, he has to decide, do I go and preach to these people or I go and have fun by the beach or by, by the Red Sea or something? What should I do? Uh, God, can you answer me? I know it's really hot. Oh, thank you. I'm going that way. Seems like Enoch was constantly connected with God. He was talking to him. He was thinking about him. He was asking for decision. He was with God. Who are, I mean, are you with God every day? Am I with God every day? Am I asking him every day, hey, I have a decision to make, and it's going to impact a lot of people. It's going to impact at work, all my people at work. It's going to impact my family. God, I need your help. Are you, are you opening your Bible, and every time you open your Bible, are you, are you going through and say, God, you know, it's so hard today. Please, I'm going to read this next chapter that I'm going to read. Please help me find the answer for what I'm looking for. Help me find the message that I need today. Today. Are we talking with God constantly? Con oh, I was thinking in Spanish constantemente. Constantly? Are we doing that? We need to live lives like Enoch. Wives, husband, we need to live lives like Enoch. Brothers and sisters, we need to do it. And people out there, once you leave this church, they need to see that God is leading your life. They need to see that you are making decisions based on what God is telling you what to do. Not based on what everybody else is telling you or asking you what to do. Because that's trying to please somebody else. And you are not here to please anybody else other than God. So what are we going to do? Those two stories. 
take us back to the same verse that we read before. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. You see, here in Orange County, we need to seek God all the time. Because it's difficult. It gets lost. It gets lost with all the things we have to do every day. We need to seek God. We need to have faith. I need to have faith. Faith is the only thing that is going to change our lives. God is the only God that we have to follow and believe that he can make miracles in our lives. When I saw these kids yesterday, when I talked to them and during the week I was talking to many of them, and when I heard their stories, I realized that God is the answer for them. Because they don't have any other answer. They don't know what to do. They don't know where to go. But God is the only one who knows how to reach them. And when you see them crying, when you see them coming to you asking questions because they don't have answers, when you see them telling you, Pastor, pray for me, that touched my heart. Because that's coming from a kid who really desires God in their lives. Are we doing that? Are we seeking God? Are we looking for him every day and trying to please him every day? Brother and sister, don't come to church to please me or please your brother or sister. Come to church because you come to please the one that died on that cross. His name is Jesus. And he came to this planet to save your life and my life. He didn't care what everybody else was saying. He didn't care if the enemy was saying, are you going to die for them? Look at them. Just destroy them. It's easier. Just do that. They're gone. Do this. We have a new, I mean, new creatures. He loves you. And he came to die for you. We need to have faith in that person. I don't know. But at this moment, I feel like praying for you. Is that okay if I pray for you? And myself, I need to pray for myself too. Because it's really difficult. It's not easy. But before I pray for you or me, I want you to pray and talk to him. It's easy for anybody else to say, Pastor, you're the pastor, you pray for me. It's funny, you know, how that happens. It's really easy to just pass the, the, the how can I say, the prayer to somebody else. Pastor, I need to, can you pray? Kind of like my, my prayer is bigger than anybody else, and it's not. God is going to listen to your prayers, and I want you to do that. At this moment, I want you to pray and help and ask God for help, to help us with our faith. After all, even the Bible says if we have faith as little as the seed of a master, really tiny, everything will be different. So we need to have faith. But we need to have also a good relationship with him. 
Otherwise, nothing is going to work in your life. So this is your time for you to talk to him who is listening. And don't ask me how he does that. He does listen to each one of you. And doesn't matter what kind of language you speak, doesn't matter who you are, he's going to listen to you. And at the end, I want to pray for all of you guys. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, at this moment I want to ask for myself and for the church, for my brothers and sisters, who once they leave this place, they are going to have, they are going to make decisions in their lives. They are going to have in front of them choices. And they have to make a decision based on those choices. At this moment, oh Lord, I want to ask you for them to be close to you as much as they can. Because I know you are going to be close to us always. At this moment, I want to ask you, Lord, for you to give them faith or give them the opportunities to practice and have that faith when they come to church for worship. I want to ask you, Lord, for you to give them the knowledge of knowing, knowing that you are powerful. You are God. You are love. And you care for each one of them. Oh, Lord, they are special before, you pre before your presence. And once they leave this place, they're going to go back to their homes. They, they are going to go back to their jobs, school, many things. And I want to ask you for you to bless them there. Make sure, Lord, that they know after, this, after they leave this place that you are eager to be with them every day of their lives. Bless this church. Bless each one of us here. And help us. Help us to realize that we need faith to please you. Only you and nobody else. Thank you, Lord. Because we know you listen our prayers. In Jesus' name, we want to ask all of this. Amen. Amen.